This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. This week on the Doctor Who Podcast, we discuss a fictional show full of fictional characters in a fictional time period, where a bunch of fictional people in a fictional time machine take part in a fictional story. I've always accused Moffat of making it up as he goes along. Hello everyone out there in this wide, beautiful world that we call the planet Earth. It's the Doctor Who podcast. It's our pleasure to be back with you again this week to talk more Doctor Who. Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Just nothing but Doctor Who. And in the camper van with me today, uh, we, we have what I've been told is a unique combination of Doctor Who podcasters, some fictional, some <laughs> real. In one corner, we have Stephen. Hello. Hello, Stephen. Hello. I am the fictional one. It, well, okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but since, since you've nominated yourself as being fictional, then that's fine. And Michelle is with us also. Hello, Michelle. I'm here too, you, but you have really got me questioning my identity now. Um Boy, I, this is going to bother me through the whole podcast. Oh, no, mm. Michelle, you are very real. Believe you me, you are very real. You're sure? Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Trev, I, you are obviously a legend, so you must fall into the fictional character. <laughs> well, true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a legend in, in my own lifetime. I'm, I'm a legend in my own mind. So uh, does that qualify me as fictional then, does it? Oh, absolutely. It explains a lot. <laughs> a legend that history has not yet forgotten was a real man. Or a legend that people are hurriedly trying to forget and erase from their memories, perhaps. So we must be discussing Robot of Sherwood, obviously, based on, on all this questioning of truth versus reality. Uh, it's another fictional title, though, because the whole story was full of robots. What are we going on about here? What is Moffat trying to pull? You know, I, 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 the original uh, title, uh, titles leaked while ago or whatever was robots of sherwood um you know which mm. really kind of gives away the, the 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 robots portion of it but i think you know i think it was just sort of that that classic misdirection where you know a play on words mm. of robin and robot or whatever i mean it was not the most clever but <laughs> i think i've got a reason why they did it and and maybe we can talk a little bit about that later because it ties into another thing that i want to talk about the, the the reason they actually called it robot of sherwood but we can save that for later in the podcast, I think. <laughs> Even as late as this afternoon, Mark Gatiss was perpetuating that misdirection uh, on Twitter. I mean, he said, Robot of Sherwood, the clue is in the title. So uh, I, I thought that was interesting that the, that the mm. author would continue to uh, perpetuate that. But as we usually do here in the camper van, we have a bit of a round robin here and we pass the hat from person to person and they have to uh, tell us what they thought of the episodes. Stephen, since you're a casual visitor to the camper van, uh, I, I think it falls to you to uh, go first, sir. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I had issues with it towards the end, um, but uh, uh, I like uh, I like where the show is right now. I, I like this this the the new Doctor, and uh, I think mm. uh, this this Doctor's. Uh, 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 personality and and attitude is is very enjoyable to watch and so different and so refreshing. So much of that came uh, came out in this episode. So I really enjoyed it. It it, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and and the bit of misdirection I did enjoy. Um, and I think 
uh, Trev, what you were uh, intimating uh, ties into something that we'll talk about later. I, I think that yes, I think that, that definitely uh, was 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 part of that as well. We can talk about it, um, but uh, uh, it, it, I think I thought it was it was a it was a good episode. It wasn't a fantastically great episode, but it was it was a good episode for sure. Well, I've been really looking forward to this one in a way with some trepidation because I am a huge fan of Robin Hood and always have been back in my youth. Robin Hood and Doctor Who were the two most formative heroes for me, and I see them as very, very similar characters. So I was really looking forward to, to seeing those two meet. And, and you know, for the most part, I like this. There was a lot that I enjoyed. There was a lot of sequences that I enjoyed. Uh, there were a few parts that got a little bit too cheesy or too corny uh, for my taste, but, but, but overall, I liked the episode. Um, I really liked that Robin Hood turned out to be to be real, that they didn't keep him a fictional character. I, I kind of like that that resolution. And I liked the exploration of the parallels between the Doctor story and the, the Robin Hood story. I loved Clara. I, I really am enjoying the dynamic between Clara and and the, the Capaldi Doctor. Yeah, no, lots I liked, few niggles, but, but overall uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's good the way that they, I think they almost explained it in the story too that um you know for me a lot of these old uh you know myths like robin hood and king arthur i i I do think they have a basis in fact somewhere we we Mm. mightn't be aware of what that is but i think with like a lot of these mythical stories that are built up over generations that at some point they started off with some kernel of truth so i mean there's there's something in the robin hood uh story that is definitely true definitely but of, of of course, as it gets told and retold and rewritten and, you know, sort of mythologized, I suppose, uh, you know, we end up with the Robin Hood we have today, which might necessarily be a an historical character themselves, but they're certainly a, a, a rough representation of what that real person was. And I think the story even tries to go down that track. And th- like when the Doctor at the end said... Um, you know, you you are real, but but you will be forgotten. I mean, you mm. you you will become a myth. And he almost seemed happy about that—that that he didn't want the fame. That maybe he he would prefer that his story becomes all the positives about what he did, rather than mm. perhaps anything that he may have done as a real person negatively. If you can get what I mean. But yeah, it, it, I I I found it an interesting story. Um, I I think for the level of story that it was, that it that it was a, it it was a romp. It was a bit of fluff. It was the comedy episode for the season. It fitted the bill very well. It it's not really my cup of tea, to be perfectly honest. I I don't like Doctor Who going down. Uh, I, I I suppose an exclusively comedic route, um, but. Even this story did have its very, very dark moments, which we'll probably talk a little bit about later. One, one thing that really surprised me with this is that I'm, I'm on board with the Capaldi Doctor being gruff and abrasive and almost rude. But this story, it, it tipped the total other way for me. He is positively cruel for the majority of this story. Hmm. I mean, there's, 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 I mean, for me, there's a line where you uh, cross between just being abrasive and um, uh, short-tempered. But in this, he's just vindictive and cruel and nasty and just just spitting venom out of his voice. And I, I think poor Clara even gets caught up in it uh, during that uh, uh, jail scene. I think the word shut up is used about three or four times within the space of two minutes. And I, I found it very hard at that point to reconcile 
this Doctor I was seeing as Doctor Who, as as the show that I've loved, because it just seemed to be filled with such, I don't know, negativity. And I, I couldn't really like the Doctor in the story because he didn't give me a chance to um, see his compassionate side. Was strange for me, I'm afraid. Wow, that's interesting. I, I just, I just don't see that. I mean, he's definitely gruff, and he certainly doesn't care kind of what people think about him in the way that some of the other incarnations have. But I, I still don't see him as vicious. Uh, and um, actually, that that scene in the dungeon where they're where they're trying to outdo each other, and he and Robin, that one was one. There were elements of that I liked and elements I didn't. I kind of liked the, the rivalry of the two heroes, but I thought that one descended a little bit, again, into being too mm. over the top. And, and, mm. and good heavens, you've got Robin Hood and Doctor Who together. I'd love to see some brilliance rather than some childishness. But um, no, I just, I don't think, you said there was a line that tipped the, tipped the balance for you? What, what, what would that be? Well, I mean, it, it was probably mainly the jail scene. But I mean, you know, for the first two weeks, we've been presented with a Capaldi doctor that isn't really a nice person when you boil it right down. He's not really a guy that you can get along with very well. Um, Clara's had a hard time getting along with him. When he was doing that stuff at the beginning where he was doubting all the Merry Men were actually real, he was thinking they were holograms or robots and he was running around, you know, sticking sonic screwdrivers in their face and taking blood samples and whatever. I, I can see what the show was trying to do. They were trying to portray the Doctor as eccentric and give him that character trait. But... That and then the jail scene. Michelle, I do agree with what you say, that yes, it's great to see the contest between Robin Hood and the Doctor. You know, they're, they're, they're sparring against each other. But I think it went way, way too far. And it just ended up being a shouting match and Clara telling them to shut up on various occasions. It's modern Doctor Who I know, but I'm, I'm having a hard time reconciling it with my doctor who well, I, I think that part of the reason why he, he he's he's definitely even more rude in this episode than he's been in the past two episodes and i think that the what i got out of it, at least is that he didn't believe anything was real there was right. no reason for him to mm. be civil at all because he thought that robin hood was was a robot who was trying to show him up and 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 what we do know about this doctor is that he must be right all of the time, right? So, uh, and he's not going to let a robot show him up, uh, especially in front of Clara, uh, because there's still that sort of, you know, uh, if there's one thing that the doctor will always do is show off for the companion, uh, you know? And and I don't, you know, so so I think that that's kind of where that was coming from. But I do agree, like, you know, it's 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 like Capaldi said, uh, that he feels that his doctor is not very user-friendly. And, and I think that that is, that is 100% true. It's a, such a great way of putting it. Uh, I love that quote. Uh, and it's very obvious here. And Clara does get the, 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 the uh, you know, the brunt of a lot of things uh, uh, just because she's there, I guess. Um, but uh, but they have a great relationship. I mean, I'm, yeah, there's this kind of snarkiness. But when you watch the way they relate to each other and watch the way she is around him, I mean, she's very tender to him. I love the idea that we have this uh, kind of grouchy doctor with this vibrant, optimistic companion. And he really needs her. I mean, there, there are a couple. He's it's been this way in some other episodes too, I think, but at least twice in this one, there's a scene where she is full of life and full of wonder and practically radiating. And he is standing next to her, looking at her 
in bemusement, almost, I, I think, fascinated and mystified by by what she's representing. And it happens in the TARDIS when she's talking, she's all excited about Robin Hood and he, he's kind of, he agrees to finally take her there. They're right by the console. Happens when they step out into the forest and she runs over to him and then she sees Robin Hood and she's so excited and she's she's practically clinging to the doctor's chest and he's looking down at her and she's thrilled and there's nothing romantic between them. It's, it's just a beautiful, tender moment. Uh, and when he, there's that moment when he thinks she might have died when, when she lands in the moat and he, he can't kind of continue on until he sees Robin Hood, you know, bringing her out of the water. I think they have a great relationship and I think she gets him and I think he knows he needs her. That's why in the last episode, Into the Dalek, when, when she said, I've got something on, he says, I need you. And, and she knows he does. I think there's a there's a real tenderness between them that, that she gets him. You know what I love? I mean, we, we have you and I in this camper van here with, with Stephen looking on in bemusement. And <laughs> we, we, we both have polar opposite opinions of this exactly the same stuff you've said. I think they have a terrible relationship. Mm. I, I don't know why Clara's still there. I mean, I get to a point with certain companions where I look at them and go, why are you still with this person? You know, you know whether it's because they've had really scary adventures together, or you know they don't seem to get along very well. And Clara's a bubbly person, and he's a, a, a Oscar the Grouch character. Why is she still with this man? Because because he asked her to. Because the doctor said, you know, he said to her, "Will you help me?" At the end of Deep Breath, that's it. He and, needs her, and because he and be. And because he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, she said, you know, she doesn't know if he's a good man, but she, but he's trying to be because he is, you know, there's that wonderful line about, you know, doctor, when did you start believing in things? And he says, well, when did you start believing in, in impossible heroes? And she says, don't you know? Um, it, 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 I, don't know I love it. And the, and. The do- this doctor, at the end, there are times, one of the things that, that will fascinate me about the Capaldi doctor is that for all his gruffness, there are these moments when you see the chinks in the armor. There's these moments when you see the tenderness, and, and it's like he doesn't even understand them himself. Like when when uh, Marion gives him the kiss after he saves everybody. Uh, you know, he rallies everybody in the in the dungeon, and they, they succeed, and she gives him the kiss, and that... I love the way the director lingered on that moment for quite a while before the story picked up again while, while, while the doctor is kind of contemplating the kiss. And then at the end, you know, he does reconcile with Robin. He's got that great, you know, those great lines that happen just before he re-enters the TARDIS. I mean, that's about as good a, do- a goodbye as you're ever going to get from the doctor. And then to leave Marion there for him. You know, this doctor, even though he won't show it very often, does have a, a, a tender core and, and, Clara will continue to help bring that out in, in him, I think. I want to talk about Clara for, uh, Clara for a second because, uh, and I think you touched on this, Michelle, I think that Jenna is finally, I mean, I've always been a fan of Clara, uh, unlike uh, other denizens of the cap- camper van. Um, so I really, <laughs> really looking forward to, to James's take on this because I, I feel like Clara has, has really, really come a long way uh, this season uh, with how she handles situations and how she has really stepped up and, uh, and really just she has become an even better character than she was in the past. And I liked her in the past. I mean, I I think that she's given some fantastic material in this episode um, uh, with uh, the whole thing with the sheriff and and basically getting him to, to getting him to tell her his plan and and everything was, was really fantastic. And and the guard saying, you know, 
oh, I know who the boss is now and he takes her, which is which is totally true. I mean, she was the person who was who was running the show at that point, you know, and uh, I, th- I think that uh, and I think that Jenna is really, really fantastic and really showing her chops uh, as an actress. Maybe that's where I have a little bit of a problem, too, that um, that the doctor isn't the main character again. And, and but we're doing it in a different way now that he's still very present. But we've. I mean, I, I just have a, I suppose, a knee-jerk reaction to when the title character isn't front and centre. I mean, sure, I'm, I'm happy for the companions to go off and do their thing and have their little character moments, but at the end of the day, I tune in to watch Doctor Who. I, I, I don't tune in to watch the Clara show. Maybe that's where this a little bit of this is coming from, because I really feel that the Doctor was a secondary character in this story, um, and, and Clara took centre stage to the detriment of the Doctor. And if... And if all you're saying about that, you know, she's there to help the Doctor like he's this little malformed child, you know, sort of emotionally that's coming out of his shell to be a real man, then by default Clara becomes the main character because she's helping this secondary character take his rightful place on the stage. I think the balance was pretty good. I I was a strong critic well strong a critic as I get last season where I felt like the companions were solving all the the problems and so many of the episodes were resolved by the companions and and not the doctor but I feel like the balance is pretty good I mean yeah Clara had that real powerful scene with the sheriff but it's the doctor who escaped and who discovered the spaceship and who figured out why the gold was being taken and who you know had had a little bit of a showdown with the sheriff until Robin Hood came in I mean in this one there's the added time that has to go to Robin Hood because he's about as powerful a hero mythically as the Doctor is. And so, you know, Robin Hood gets the final battle with the sheriff, of course, in that scene. But, um, you know, in the end, it's the Doctor that knows what's going on and that, that proposes the solution to the problem. It is the Doctor that rallies the prisoners and takes out the robots. Um, so I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I hear your concerns because I felt those very strongly in the past, but I, I'm liking this. The sheriff, you know, I, I know that uh, th- this actor was touted as a very famous actor. I didn't know him. I'm not that good with famous actors. but It's uh, Howard Steele. It's the bumbling <laughs> Howard Steele. I mean, I was expecting the whole episode for him to set fire to the castle or blow something up or knock the Christmas tree over or something like that. This, this is Howard Steele, people. <laughs> well, I was... I was worried that 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 the sheriff would be played way over the top, kind of like you're describing. Um, and, and I actually really liked his performance. I mean, there were times when he kept his voice low. Uh, I, I love it when a villain has that kind of low menace instead of the over the top twirl the mustache stuff. And, and yeah, the sheriff is a big larger than life type character, but I I really liked him. And and I've seen a lot of comments already online, but. Boy, he reminded me of the Anthony Ainley master. I will admit he did a good performance for that. Um, his Sheriff of Nottingham was pretty good. I mean, I mean, there were those elements of, you know, a little bit of campness and a little bit of um, jokery, but there was a lot to really love about the sinister side of the Nottingham Sheriff in this one. I, I think there was a, a really good balance with that character. And for me, he, he was probably one of the best performances in this story because I, I suppose to a certain degree he has to hold all the various plots together because he's involved in every single one of them. I uh, I just want to add, I think Ben Miller was fantastic. Uh, I, and I'm a big fan of, of Ben Miller. Um, and uh, he uh, he was, 
oddly enough, I'm a fan of him from Primeval, uh, the you know the the dinosaur yeah. show, and he was sort of the the uh, the government liaison to the people who were dealing with the dinosaurs, and he was he he played that sort of you know typical slimy government guy, but who, who was good on the inside or whatever, you know, that very stereotypical uh, character. But um, it just, his range, because I've seen him do comedy and I've seen him do drama and he obviously brought all that to the table. And he's, he's a very excellent actor and, and, uh, and, and did, a, did a great job uh, as the sheriff. As has been widely publicized, there was a scene that's cut from the episode uh, for various sensitive issues. Uh, but uh, the, the 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 aspect of, uh, of the scene there was there was a reveal in that scene uh, that uh, that the sheriff uh, had been uh, had been rebuilt by the robots and was an actual cyborg. Um, and I've watched the the scene in question, and uh, I'm actually glad that they they cut it um it was a bit of exposition that was unnecessary um i didn't really need to know why uh, i didn't need another reason why the sheriff was working with the robots um or uh, or anything like that uh because it's it's better for him to just be a person who wants power to me yeah i mean i i found that kind of strange when i learned that there was that line in that scene, which which revealed him to be a robot, I, I was more than happy for the story to actually be the real, you know, sort of flesh and blood sheriff yeah. just wanting to take over England, basically. Um, I, I think there's still a line in there at some point mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. in the episode which talks about half human, half machine, I'm a new breed or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's still in the fight. Yeah, there's still a scene in there. It says, I'm too fast for you. First of a new breed, half man, half engine, never aging. I, I was going to ask the question. I mean, are, are we still meant to believe, even with that scene gone, that he is a robot, he, he, even though there's no other evidence in the episode to suggest it? I totally missed yeah, it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> no, it's 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 in the fight scene, and there's a lot going on, and, and mm. it, it shout. I had to listen a couple times to to catch it, but yeah, no, I think I think the. Um, I think the way it was supposed to play out was that the sheriff had been injured when when the ship crashed and had been partially rebuilt. So as you say, a cyborg. Um, so he, he was a real person, but he was now partly machine. And, I, you know, I agree. I think it's a stronger story if you don't go there. I think it's a stronger story if he's just the sheriff of Nottingham. But the way it ended up making it to our screens, there's there's still that reference there if you, if you uh, pay close attention. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of strange because, I mean, it, when he's talking to Clara in the uh, banquet room at some point and and he talks about his levels of ambition you know first nottingham and what then stoking or whatever it was and then here <laughs> darby <laughs> darby i mean I, I, I mean to me that made more sense if he was still a real human being because if he was a robot then surely there'd be something built into him that would make him more ambitious that he'd want to take over the entire planet or something like that because his mind would be i don't know expanded or altered or something like that but when when we hear him just saying that he wants to take over his local county, then to that just shows to me that he's still a human being. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was a cyborg, right? He just was rebuilt, so he was still mm. he was still the sheriff, but he had robot parts or whatever. But again, it just it doesn't add anything to it. And in fact, in the actual duel scene itself, it slows the it it slows the scene down. Where I, I think that you know it would been better, obviously, if they could have cut the second reference, but. Um, but you're you're watching the duel, and that there's this 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 whole other sequence of events that happens, and it basically stops the duel, and then the duel starts again. And the way that it actually plays out in the episode that aired um, 
uh, even from from a, a a pacing point of view, works better. I think worked better, at least in my opinion. I just really can't believe that even before the whole events happened that meant the cut had to happen, that they would have actually considered putting a scene like that in. I mean, just just on its own, you know, the scene is quite horrific. And I, I don't think it needed the, you know, the events in the real world to trigger someone to think, hey, maybe we should cut it. Because up, up to that point, there's no indication that, or no real clear indication to the audience that this guy's a robot or a cyborg. So what we see in the story is, is quite gruesome. I mean, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't fit my perception of what Doctor Who is about and what Doctor Who should be showing and not showing. Yeah, I think it's played for, I think it's played for humor a little bit and it doesn't work. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> no. But what you know, what I liked about that scene, and if you look back, I'm sure you can find yourself lots of terrible ways that villains have met their ends over the 50 years in Doctor Who. But what I really liked about that scene, um, story-wise, writing-wise, perhaps, is that the way that Robin Hood defeats the sheriff, you know, pushes his off, pushes him off the plank, is exactly the trick the Doctor used on him. So he, I, I loved the bookends of the episode where he picks up the doctor's trick and uses it and the doctor knows it they have that little look and the doctor nods to mm. him uh, kind of like yep you know you got it <laughs> and I, th- there were some nice touches there were some really nice touches in this for all its rompiness. Uh, i agree and that's and, and i agree that like that that scene that little bookend was great and and i actually think that the episodes should have the episode should have ended there that should have that should have somehow explained the the ship not taking off and the ship not blowing up and things like that mm. because when they get out into the field the and they shoot terrible. that arrow thing <laughs> oh that was awful oh. I mean that's like that, yep. some, someone uh, someone I know on Facebook it described it as splashing uh, <laughs> splashing fuel on a car's hood uh, to get it, to get it to keep going. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how a yeah. arrow in the side of a ship in a sh- uh, in a ship that didn't make any sense. And they could have at least had the arrow go into the engine or something, you know. But uh, you know, sticking into the side of the ship was the dumbest thing that could have happened at that moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but if it had if it had ended with the sheriff falling in the in the in the molten gold and and somehow his you know uh, whatever like his body chemistry um, spoiled the batch and the ship wasn't able to take off and or something and it stopped the engines that might have been a little bit better they it's sort of like they wrote themselves themselves into a corner and didn't spend just enough time to finish it also they wanted to get one more arrow trick in basically they're like we gotta have mm-hmm. we gotta have a robin mm-hmm. would shoot an arrow one more time oh we'll get him to shoot it all, mm-hmm. three, all three of them to shoot it together you know it was purely for the uh uh for the the the, the show of it but yeah so I suppose the whole title Robot of Sherwood makes a lot more sense um, if the whole cyborg hmm. Nottingham thing actually happened. But since it didn't, then the title makes a little bit less sense, perhaps. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean that's I think that's what we were we were hinting at early on in the episode. It it, mm. it makes more sense mm. in, in that, but you know, again, it's it, it's just a misdirection uh, and. Uh, it's interesting when the doctor has that idea. He's like, "Oh, oh, yeah, this is you know, he's definitely a robot." And then he realizes, "Oh, yeah, that's actually a really rubbish idea. How did I come up with that?" You know, um, and it seems like this doctor does that a lot, where he just goes with his this his first thought and then realizes that he's he's wrong, uh, which he doesn't ever want to admit. You know, it's uh, it seems to be a running theme here.
All right, Stephen, since we have you back on the show for the first time in a while, before the series started airing, I remember having conversations with you about the costume. And, and now that we've got you back, um, I have to admit, I when I first saw the costume, I was a little concerned about it. There were things I wasn't sure of. Now that I've seen it in action on the character, I love it. I think it's perfect for this doctor. And I liked the dark shirt in this episode. Yes, I have that shirt, actually. It's great. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, that very yeah. one. You stole it off well, his back. Yes, or... yes. Uh, <laughs> No, I didn't steal all of the spec, but I have the I have the same exact shirt. Um, um, I love the costume as well. Uh, I, I'm 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 working feverishly trying to put this costume together um, uh, to to my ridiculously high standards. But um, you know, I like it. It, it makes sense um, as far as it fits in better than than I think uh, uh, previous doctors, uh, previous current doctors, at least. Um, there's something about it that seems to, you know, uh, I mean, it, it makes him stand out, but it also still fits in uh, as something very, because it's very simple and very plain. Um, and, and, and it really goes with this sort of no-nonsense, uh, no-nonsense doctor, which, um, uh, which, which I, I appreciate. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that it's grown on you. <laughs> no, it has. It's got a kind of a simple elegance to it. I loved it when he was on the uh, the uh, board over the river and did that little twirl, yeah. you know, with 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 the the flaps flying open. But I also one of the things I was concerned about when I first saw it was that I thought it looked a little uncomfortable with the button up collar and it just. But but with this doctor who seems a little uncomfortable with himself, um, I, I just love it. It fits. So so you win. It's great. <laughs> It's very, it's very Capaldi. It's it's very much his own style as well. You know, I mean, that's how he wears his shirts, and that's sort of, uh, you know, part of his. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but just part of his his sort of, you know, rock and roll and, and mod lineage, and where that comes from. And it's and it's all it's all very Paul Smith sixties um, uh, mod kind of thing. And the, the most of most of the clothes are actually from Paul Smith. So um, that's that's it, it. It makes sense with the the buttoned up collar and and things like that. I'll tell you one other thing that I'm quite enjoying with this new series of Doctor Who is all of the nods to the past. I mean, I think they seem to be, for me, keeping just the right balance of leaving little nuggets in each episode that, that folks who are familiar with the classic series will get. I mean, there was, you know, the, the karate chop high thing in, in this one. There was the, the reference to the miniscope, which Capaldi was clearly loving uh, getting to talk about um, there were in the last episode and into the Dalek um, there's that point at which I don't know, I think they were it was near the climax and they were down in the depths of the Dalek and I think she says are you mad and he he does this little leap and holds his hands down in front of him and he looked just like the second doctor and he says no I'm inside a Dalek I'm someplace I've never been before uh, let's do something wonderful. And and there was just a moment there where it was the second doctor. And I think he must be doing all these things on purpose. I mean, this is a guy that knows if you pull on your lapels, you evoke the first doctor. If you, you know, do that little move with your hands, you look like the second doctor. And, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it every week to see what comes up. We got to see Patrick Troughton in this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yes. So does that mean he's played at least three roles in Doctor Who now? Patrick Troughton? Yep. Mm. Definitely. There you go. It's canon. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's canon. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to agree with you, Michelle. Um, I just hope they don't overdo it because, you know, you can reach a point where you just get so much chucked in there that 
you know, you're not sure whether it's intentional, you're not sure whether it's just there to please the fans or not. And I get very wary being a classic Doctor Who fan of going down the track of spending the seasons pleasing the fans because, you know, back in my day, you know, the fans <laughs> the fans weren't the majority of the viewing audience. It was the viewing audience that was the majority of the viewing audience. When you start spending time pandering to them, uh, you start to alienate the majority of your audience who are just there watching it casually. And I hope they don't get too self-referential because that can be to the damage of the show. I think that's still the case that it's the majority of the people watching the show are not the fans of the show. Um, I just think fandom manifests itself differently. But I think uh, I, I, I think that I almost think that you should always question whether it's intentional or whether it's just, uh, uh, you know, and a, a uh, subconscious nod to the past, uh, and I think that probably a lot of it is uh, it's a, a little bit intentional, a little bit subconscious, coming from Capaldi because he's such a big fan, you know. And uh, I do I like that they do things where um, it's sort of well, this would make sense here, so let's just throw it in, you know, um, uh, mm, because mm. We, we we need a little something here, and this is what makes the most sense. So let's let's put it in. I think you know, mm-hmm, in, in the case mm-hmm. of seeing Patrick Troughton dressed as Robin Hood, I think it, it made sense to put it there. So why not put it there? And a lot of people aren't going to catch it. I know, you know, my my girlfriend didn't catch it, and I was like, it's Patrick Troughton, you know, and and uh, I was uh, I was stupidly excited about it so uh you know <laughs> and I, I like that they do those little things for us um but still you know uh you know don't make it over the top and don't don't it doesn't detract from the enjoyment uh for people who don't get it you know yeah you're right that the technique or the reference has to support the story you can't wrap the story around some cute clever technique or reference you want to make that 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 therein lies the the path to destruction but everything i've seen so far fits right in and like you say you might not notice it if if you weren't familiar with it but there there's a reason already story wise why why that reference would make sense and and I love it I think they're they're doing real well What else do we need to talk about guys because we are getting sort of a little bit kind of towards Yeah, the we're running out of things to say aren't we? Yes, yes. I mean, it's hard to find a lot of things to talk about on an episode that's mostly fluff. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt the same way with this. I mean, that's why I haven't said much this episode, because I don't have a lot of opinions about it. I've, I've sort of sat here listening to you guys, and it's been great. But for me, it's, it's because it is fluff, and, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I mean, like I said right at the beginning, this story did what it said on the tin, that it, that it was a lighthearted romp, um, that it was fluff. So I find it difficult to talk a lot about it because there's not a lot to talk about really you know without repeating myself and repeating myself all the time yeah i'm I'm with you on it that's that's kind of where i'm at as well it's just uh Mm. it it really it it does do what it says on the tin it's a fun episode it's uh it's not there's there's not a lot uh of layers to delve into really um i can say one thing really feel that the uh the story arc for this season um is is a uh, square peg trying to be shoved into a round hole here. Um, mm-hmm. it, it feels really forced. It feels so much less uh, subtle and worked in. Um, I mean, mm. you know, it, it's back to the it's back to Amy's crack uh, again. Um, uh, with just having 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 to see it in every episode and. And mm-hmm. and that bothers me. I wish it. I wish it were more subtle. Um, or I wish it. You know, if the when we get to the episode that actually gets into that, um, the the callbacks are are more like 
the doctor in in in, in the forest where where you you know when he everyone no everyone thought it was just a continuity error but it wasn't it was the doctor actually going back you know um uh so that that i i prefer that much more to what what they're doing now with um you know this i mean uh, missy didn't show up in this episode which i was happy about but them th- yeah thank goodness yeah, but them, them trying to find uh you know the what what is what's it called the um the promised, the promised land, land promised again, land yeah you know it just it's not it's not it's not really working for me yet. I'm not really invested in yeah. that mystery. I do tend to agree. I mean, this this you know this sort of secondary arc being forced does really remind me a lot of the earlier Matt Smith arcs that were were definitely forced. I mean, especially that was it Madame Kavorian or Kavorkian or whatever her name was. <laughs> you know, she you know her, her her face appeared during the Curse of the Black Spot or whatever it was called, and you know there'd, there'd be these really little impromptu things that someone watching a story for the first time they go. What the heck was that? Yeah, and and uh, and I think it's the same thing. I mean, especially last week, and deep breath. You know, the stuff with missing in that that you sort of go, well, what's this? I mean, especially last week too with the Dalek story, that you, action, 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 and then suddenly old lady giving uh, soldier cups of teas in idyllic settings. I mean, there's a- absolutely no explanation for it. I mean, it must really confuse people and take them away from the main action. Yeah, and in fact, Missy. Sure seems to be cut from the same cloth as Madame Kavarian, um, and I'm just not that. I, I, the character doesn't interest me at all. I am far more happy to be traveling along on the adventures with uh, the Capaldi Doctor and with Clara, and and I, I really don't need any of that other stuff. I just want to continue to explore these these characters. I guess we're saddled with it. I, I don't know. I'm so far I'm not at all intrigued or looking forward to the climax with. Missy and Clockwork Robots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and the thing is, I love Michelle Gomez. I think she's she's hilarious and and uh, great. Uh, another another great guest star. But uh, it's just unnecessary, you know. Um, it, it, the, the subtle subtlety is so much better. And uh, uh, there's just there there's not any subtlety with it right now. And it's and it's really uh, it's it's grating. Well, we go from a, a Mark Gator script this week back to uh, good old Stephen Moffat next week with a story called Listen, which does look quite intriguing from the little Next Time trailer at the end of the episode there. More so for me that we see this very old and very aged uh, Danny Pink in quite a few scenes. So um, it looks like there might be a little bit of time travel timey-wimey stuff going on, perhaps, uh, alongside some form of uh, spooky story. Maybe yeah, I don't know. things under the bed. That's 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 yeah. good, scary right there. Especially a hand, mm. a hand coming mm. out and grabbing an ankle from under the bed. Nah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, actually, I think it was probably kind of nice to have this more light-hearted story before going into one like that, and and the beautiful settings in this one, and the light and the sunlight and the the fresh air and the forest. So. Yeah, it looks like we're going to abandon all of that for uh, claustrophobic, spooky, scary sets next week. Mm, that's right, yeah. Back back to traditional scary Doctor Who. That That's not to say, though, that Robot Assured what I don't think did, didn't have its traditional Doctor Who aspects. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it had a real third Doctor vibe for me, I think. I mean, it sort of brought back memories of Time Warrior to a certain extent with its idyllic, uh, foresty-type settings. And even the way the TARDIS <laughs> land 
and the mm-hmm. and, and and the angle and the distance away the camera was from you know the effect of the TARDIS materialising that felt really classic era for me too for some reason. So I mean there there, there were nice little touches in this that really grounded me well in my you know warm classic Doctor Who feel. <laughs> uh, I think that you know you know we have a production team that does care that you know they, that they recognise that they're doing a traditional historical <clears throat> story you know. Uh, real or fictional historical characters with monsters or aliens or robots in it, and and they take the time to try and still keep those classic era feels to it, e- even though it's more of a modern story. I even got a little vibes of the uh, the gunfighters, <laughs> with oh. the, the, the 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 kind of the lighthearted feel mostly, but with some darker elements and uh, the uh, meeting a you know somewhat real character, real or fictionalized character and then um yeah with alan adale trying to put in his little musical interludes in between yeah i was thinking gunfighters i like when they took away alan adale's uh, loot yes i was that couldn't have happened soon enough i really didn't care for alan adale <laughs> or or <laughs> indeed the the band of merry men because if you're going to go the route at the end that robin hood is being presented as a real person then i think they should have been more realistic and less less uh, stereotyped than, than they were. If they were going to take away his loot, they should have gone the whole asterisk and obelisk thing and tied him up in a tree while they had a banquet. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I just want to say that Alan never... Dale is played by uh, Mark Gatiss's husband. There's a little bit of trivia oh. for all of you. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you what. If you are a, a Robin Hood fan and ever have the opportunity to, uh, if you live in England or if you visit England, um, when I was back there in November, I, I spent most of the time in London doing Doctor Who type things. But the one little excursion I took, I spent a couple of days in Nottingham, and I spent one of the happiest days of my life wandering through the paths of Sherwood Forest, uh, Sherwood Forest Country Park, which is uh, oh an hour or 90 minutes outside of, uh, of Nottingham. And uh, yeah, no, you can get yourself back on the paths and and there were times when I had the forest all to myself, couldn't see another human being, and you can suspend your disbelief and you can just imagine that that Robin Hood is out there and around the next tree. Or, oh. oh man, it was it was. I loved it. I loved it. I spent all day tracing and retracing the paths in that forest and living my childhood dreams. And I could relate to Clara so much in the opening scenes of this. I just loved it. So were you robbing from the rich and giving to the poor and drinking ale and stuff like that? No. no. <laughs> Why are all my jokes falling so flat today? What? Hello? Is this microphone working? <laughs> Hello? T- today? You didn't get my asterisk joke at all. I mean, you just went total total tumbleweeds there. <laughs> Everyone else out there will get it because every kid read asterisk books when they were a kid, so, so, so they'll get it. It's just you two who probably never read one. I've never even heard of Us them. Us darn Americans. Oh, of course you're American. Yeah, I suppose asterisk and obelix is more a European thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, it's the, been great great talking with both it. of you. <laughs> the Brits will get it. The Brits will get it. That's right. Well, uh, well, it's, well, it's been great talking with both of you this week. Uh, yeah, just just know that you are both my impossible heroes. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or, or a dig. <laughs> Well, let's sign off before we have to figure out whether it's a dig or a compliment, I think, Stephen. I, I think that might be the best course of action. So, uh, Michelle, again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And Stephen, well, you know, it, it was great to see you. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Thanks, <Jeff. laughs> 
Well, until next week, guys, don't forget to keep that feedback rolling in about all the episodes uh, that have been on the uh, beautiful BBC screens. We'd love to hear what you think about the uh, Series 8 so far, about the Capaldi Doctor, about Clara, about Missy, um, and, and all that sort of stuff. Please send it in to feedback at thedoctorypodcast.com. Audio is always preferred because, you know, we love hearing your beautiful voices. So, until next week, guys, where we have to do a bit of listening. Listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Doctor Who podcast, brought to you this week by Trevor, Michelle and Stephen, who are all most definitely real. Not fictional. They're real. You can check out some more episodes of the show at thedoctorypodcast.com or check us out on Facebook, Twitter or drop by the Doctor Who podcast forums and say hi. Thanks for listening. See you later.